The end of the school year is definitely no cakewalk, but I'll tell you what is. Today's review game, Cakewalk. In today's episode, we are continuing our series on review games that get students thinking and learning. Let's get started. Welcome to Solving for the Undefined podcast. I'm your host, Johanna, founder of Miss Kuiper's Classroom the place that equips teachers in creating a healthy math classroom where students can thrive, no matter their academic abilities. But it's not always about the numbers, and that's why I'm here, bringing you the formulas to solve your problems, math and otherwise, plus strategies on cultivating that necessary math mindset. And that's what you can count on. Hello, hello, welcome to a brand new episode. As I was preparing for today's episode, It brought back a memory of my middle school times when we had a carnival fair fundraiser and one of the booths was a cakewalk and I was so nervous to participate because I had never seen or done anything like it before but I ended up playing it so much that I won two cakes that night and it was the best feeling. So we are now going to turn this idea and make it into a math review game. So the Cakewalk Review Game is a game where students are answering math questions in hopes of being chosen to win a cake. It has the unfair game vibes to it. Now for preparing for this game, the materials that you'll need are mini cakes. I like to use like Little Debbie or Hostess cakes. You can even use cupcakes and you want them equal to the number of problems times the number of classes you have. So if you have 15 problems, that's 15 cupcakes, and then I have five classes, so 15 times five is a number that I am not doing quick math on right now. And then the next material need is slides with questions on them. And the reason I like to use slides will come a little bit later, but you want slides with questions on them. Next, you need music. It's kind of like musical chairs. You need that music. And then you'll need mini whiteboards for each station. Now let's talk about how to play this game. So the setup, you want to make sure that your desks are set up in such a way that students can walk around them like musical chairs. So what I like to do is I don't have space to do a circle for all 30 of the desks that I have, but I set them up in a way that students can kind of snake around them. And this is important because then you're going to number the desks one through however many your max class has. So I have 29 desks, so I'm going to number them one through 29. And then at each of those desks, you're going to place a whiteboard and a marker. And you can have your first class get them out and place them on the desks. That way you don't have to do that extra step. Anything you can have your students do, make them do it. So once you have all the materials and setup done, you're going to have students stand behind their desks. Now, it's like musical chairs that when you play the music, students are going to walk around. And when it stops, you're going to have them sit down at that desk and begin one of the problems on the screen. And when I say one of those problems, I like to have one to three questions on the screen and have students choose one that is best for them. So I like the idea of mild, medium, and spicy. So the mild is something that is a very basic type question. And then the spicy is that challenge or extension problem. But they're all relatively about the exact same thing. So if it was a Pythagorean theorem problem, 
Maybe the mild one is like all whole numbers solving for the hypotenuse. But then the medium one is using decimals. And then the spicy one is using decimals and maybe they're solving for a leg rather than the hypotenuse. So that's the idea of mild, medium, and spicy. And what's great about this, and we'll kind of get more into it when we do the pros, is you can really differentiate for your students. And this allows them not only that differentiation, but also the power of choice. Because when students can choose, they're more likely to participate and be involved because they feel like they have that control. Especially if you teach at that Title I school, which we've talked about before, but giving them choice and that control really helps calm them and make them feel more at ease within the classroom. And another great thing about having more than one problem on the screen is students are going to choose those different problems, so their answers are also going to be different. So students aren't being able to necessarily copy from other people's whiteboards because one, they don't know what problem it is, and two, they can't verify the answer by looking at yet another person's whiteboard. So it really holds students accountable to doing their own thinking and their own work. This is another reason why, side note, I do multiple assessments, so different versions of the same assessment, because kids then can't be tempted to look at each other's papers. And it just creates a nice ease of everyone is accountable for their own thinking. So when you have the problems on the screen, I usually like to put a timer on the slide as well. So that way, when the time is up, I can then move into that next phase. Because sometimes if I don't have that timer, I spend way too much time like answering questions and we get less problems done than we might have if we had used the timers. So after the timer is up, you're going to choose a random number from a jar. And these numbers are corresponding to the number of desks that you have. So I have 29 desks. I have numbers 1 through 29 in the jar. You could also use a random number generator and have it set with the parameters of how many desks you have if you would prefer that as well. Then once you've pulled that number, you're going to call on that student. So say I picked number 16. The student who is sitting in desk 16 is going to walk me through which problem they chose and how they got their answer. If they are correct, they win a cake. So they get to come choose a cake or they get a ticket that they can redeem at the end of the game where they get a cake. If they are wrong, then you're just going to pull another number. And just like we talked about in the unfair game, don't call any unwanted attention to it. Just be like, okay, and pull out another one. Especially if they say, like, I don't know, just quickly move on to the next one. Don't call any unneeded attention to it. And then you just continue that exact same pattern until the questions run out or the time runs out. And that's how you do the cakewalk. It's a piece of cake, right? So now we get into the pros. What are the benefits of this game? So just like with the unfair game, students are going to be hooked because of the risk of getting to win a prize. That gamble of, ooh, I could be the one, is going to get students enticed to want to play because they can only win if they are correct. So they're more likely to buy in and be involved. Plus two, having the prize of a cake or a cupcake is something that students don't get often. I'd be very surprised if the, another teacher had ever done that before. 
And so the novelty of being able to win a cake or a cupcake is going to be so exciting that kids are going to want to do this. Another pro or benefit of doing this game, and we've mentioned it before, is having more than one problem on the screen allows students to use choice, which, like we said, helps with differentiation and engagement. It allows students to be able to use the math confidence that they have and choose a problem that they know that they can do. Or they can push themselves and maybe try a problem that they are on the verge of feeling confident about. They want to stretch themselves. So having more than one problem allows for all of those things, which is awesome. And then the last pro is movement is brain power. Movement is one of like the main things of my framework. We have creativity, open problems, movement, erasability, and teamwork. Movement is a huge, powerful tool because it helps activate the brain. Something about being up and moving, the blood flow, the oxygen to the brain, just gets students more excited and more willing to participate, especially with math. So having students up and moving with the music is going to help their brain power. And I guess one pro that I just thought of right now is that having the music play, you can use songs that students suggest. So I have a class playlist, so I could use that as the music as students are walking around. The reason this is beneficial is because it shows that I'm interested in my students enough to play music I know that they like. And each student got to choose a song to put on the playlist. And so when that song is playing, that student can feel that connection because they're like, this is the song that I chose to be on the class playlist. It's just that little relationship connection piece that you're using within the game. Now, kind of moving into the cons of this game is one, buying that many cake items can get expensive. That quick math that I didn't do at the beginning, if I have 15 problems and five classes, that's 75 cakes. That can get expensive, especially if you're like me and like to use as many non-monetary prizes as possible. So instead of calling it a cake walk, you could call it a candy walk. Um, One thing I did search was I searched for cake gummies because you know how they have the hamburger gummies or the pizza-shaped gummies? I was thinking it'd be so cool if they had like cake gummies, but apparently cake gummies are a vegan edibles company, so don't get those ones, okay? Another option is you can buy mini cupcakes. Mini cupcakes are a little bit more wallet-friendly because you can get a lot more for a smaller price. Another option is to use like mini donuts or get donations from families or the community. Another con of playing the Cakewalk Review game is similar to like the unfair game is when you're calling on a student, like you pull that number, that student is going to have a spotlight on them. Whether it's a positive one or they feel like it's a negative one, they're going to have a spotlight on them. And for some students, that can be very anxiety-inducing especially if they feel like math is not their strong suit. And so being in front of a class or having that spotlight on them and potentially being wrong can be very hard for students. So keep that in mind as you're playing this game. Maybe 
tell the class like a couple days beforehand that you're playing this game. This is how it works. We're going to play it on Friday. And maybe if some students in your class have that severe anxiety, having a one-on-one conversation with them, asking them, how do you feel about this? What can we do to help you through this process? Maybe that day they go to an alternate room to work and they can still use the exact same problems. You can share the slide deck with them and they can choose the problems just like they would have in class. Or you can just choose a different number. It's up to you. Whatever you and that student can come up with to help them feel like they're involved in that decision making is going to be a powerful thing for them. And those were the cons that I could think of when we were playing this game. So when it comes to variations, we usually talk about variations in the last section of our review game talks. And the only variations I could think of was using different food items for this game. And that's kind of something we talked about with the cons because buying that many cake items can get expensive. So thinking of ways to use different elements within the cakewalk or just not call it cakewalk, call it like musical math problems, something that still gets that idea across that you're going to be moving around, but you can use a different prize option. So again, I like to use non-monetary things. So I use classroom currency or our school-wide pride tickets. Those are different ways that I can get students wanting to win a prize because those are high value items to them. So that is a variation that you can do call it musical math problems rather than a cakewalk, so you don't even have to worry about buying a cake. And that is the cakewalk review game. So in summary, today we've talked about what the cakewalk review game is, the materials that you need, how to play it, the pros and cons, and even a variation of it called musical math problems. So if this is something that you're interested in getting started with, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. Send me a DM if you have any questions. I'm here to help. This has been such a fun game to play with my students. And so I'm happy to walk you through any questions that you have. You can also check out my TPT store. I have a few slide decks already created for some various eighth grade math topics. So if you want something done for you, feel free to check those out. And with that, I'll calculate Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. To find all the links and resources to things talked about in this episode, head on over to MissKuypersClassroom.com and click on podcast.